if you are going to wear a cross, whether that be around your neck or on your shirt or on your shoes, your life better reflected. Together podcast, the podcast which aims to root you in Christ through his word together. I'm your host, Charles Eggwood, and today we are in Matthew chapter 23, where you could really just title this Hypocrites. You could probably say the main idea is don't be a hypocrite. Matthew 23 is a straightforward chapter. Jesus and the Pharisees square off. You see, Jesus is nearing the end of his ministry on earth. He is marched into Jerusalem, and he has cleansed the temple, and now he will go after the religious elite, which have taken God's beautiful law and perverted it, and he will call them out and us out for how we take God's law and take his word, and we try to turn it to our own advantage. You see, hypocrites pretend to care about the things of God. They don't really, all the while, in fact, they're seeking to gain their own advantage. And that's exactly what is happening with the Pharisees and so often in your life and in my life as well. Jesus will have seven woes for them and for us. We would do wise to heed his woes as well. Do we care more about the spiritual look or do we care about what is wrong? Do we care about the wrong things when we should be caring about other things? Do we seek our glory over God's glory? See, this chapter challenges us in our spiritual practices and the heart behind each one. So the first part of this, the first 13 verses, is a practice what you preach moment. See, the problem with the Pharisees is not what they teach. In fact, Jesus commends what they teach is good. Listen to it. The problem is they don't live what they teach. You see, God desires that we would live what we preach and teach. Doing the word of God builds your life. On the rock of Christ. Remember the end of the Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew chapter 7, verses 25, in what follows. He gives this parable, and one of the people who builds their, the wise man builds his life on the rock by obedience to the word, not just teaching the word, not just understanding or hearing the word, but obedience to it. Whereas the fool, the one who builds a house on the sand, hears God's word but does not obey it. And here, Jesus commends the Pharisees that they teach rightly, but he calls them out because they do not practice what they preach. Their lives do not obey God. Therefore, there's a big problem. You see, not only are the Pharisees not practicing what they read and teach, they make a mockery of God's word by using it to advance their look. I mean, for example, and if this caught you off guard, this word phylacteries, don't worry, I'll explain it to you. In verses 5 through 6, the phylactery was commanded by God in the Old Testament, specifically in Exodus. It was a box they wore on their heads, and Jesus says, you've, 
you, you wear a bigger box and you wear longer tassels, not so that you are really more holy, but so that people will think that you are. You are making a mockery of my word. You see, the phylactery was, was a symbol that was meant to draw the wearer's heart to God, not a self-worship fashion statement. Now, let's cross the bridge of time, culture, and language and jump into today's time. There's something for you here. If you are going to wear a cross, whether that be around your neck or on your shirt or on your shoes or whatever, your life better reflect it. Don't wear the cross of Christ and feign Christianity and feign allegiance to Jesus and your life not be aligned with him. Don't wear it to appear holy, to appear spiritual. If you're going to wear it, you better live it. I remember watching a pastor that came to a chapel service I was at at college, and he had four golden crosses on his shirt. It was a gaudy shirt. In fact, that's what a lot of people talked about. I don't remember what he preached at all, but I remember the shirt, and I would imagine that he would have probably told you that that shirt was to draw you into the cross, and it, it certainly did. He had four golden crosses on a shirt, and they were heavy, and it, just, it was a weird look. The problem is that pastor had already been in trouble for saying a few things, and a few years later would be would actually be uh, not excommunicated, but he would be ousted from his church because of his very worldly, very sinful behavior. And it was that behavior that he lost his job over. And the question you would ask is then, wearing that cross does not make you spiritual. In fact, if you do wear the cross and you don't live it, you shame the cross. And these Pharisees were shaming God's word, mocking God's word by wearing these things as a fashion statement, but it was more for self-worship than worship of God. We can do that in today's world as well. Fashion will not redeem you. Following Jesus and God's will is the only way you will be redeemed. Well, verses 13 through 36, we have these seven woes. And so seven times Jesus issues woes or warnings. These are warnings. And I hope that I heed his words. I really do. I hope you do as well. You see, in verses 16 through 20, the problem is that they are focused on the wrong things. The Pharisees worry about people taking an oath on the gold and paying that back and on sacrifices on the altar, but they're not concerned with the temple itself, and they're not concerned with the altar. And that might sound weird, but but check this out. We must care for the spiritual things, not just the material things. You see, the Pharisees had revealed a heart problem. Do we, through what we worry about, do we worry about simply the material things, or are we worried about defaming the name of Jesus? Are we worried about the spiritual things? He spends two woes on that, and we should pay attention. I would advise you and really commend you and encourage you to read through these woes and to meditate on them in prayer and ask God to reveal any sin in your heart. That's why Matthew wrote this, so that we would take these warnings to heart and repent We must care about the totality of God's word, not just the parts we like. 
Your practice of God's word must be total from a heart that is seeking God. Check out verse 23. The Pharisees paid their tithes as God had said to do. The problem is they didn't care about the heart of God for the people. They didn't care about mercy. They didn't care about justice. They allowed injustice, and they were unmerciful to those around them. And Jesus calls them out for that. You you do the right things, but with the wrong heart. That matters more to God. The heart that you do, the heart that you obey God's word with, matters infinitely more than the actions themselves. The actions are only meant to bring the heart in alignment. And, And you do well to understand that. You know, we jump to verse 27 now, and that actually circles back to the first part of this chapter. In chapter 23, you see the Pharisees are more concerned with the outer things. And these are very famous, by the way. We are foolish if we simply try to pass as godly by wearing the right things and saying the right words, but we ignore our spiritual depravity. How foolish is it to clean the outside of a cup, but not the in? How foolish is it to say that grave is beautiful on the inside and the out when it's dead inside but pretty on the outside. And and Jesus is saying, you might look good to the outer world, but you are dead and you are dirty, you are unclean, and we would do wise to seek that we are clean from the inside out, not the outside in, because it never works that way. You're only clean from the inside out. It radiates out. Instead, let us live lives that radiate God's glory both inside and out, not to seek this utter foolishness that Jesus calls foolishness. Now we get to the end of this, and I know there's a lot left there, and I encourage you, read it, meditate on it, pray through it. But as Jesus concludes this chapter, he laments over Jerusalem. Jesus turns and he looks at a city. And keep in mind, Jerusalem was meant to be a beacon of light for all the whole world, to come to God. And he laments that it is not. He laments that they have run from him. He says, oh, if I could gather you under my wings of protection. There's deep sorrow in Jesus' words here. See his love for the people inside the city. They're far from him. He deeply cares. He wants to gather them. So be gathered under the wings of Jesus today and embrace his life both inside and out. I look forward to joining you in chapter 24 next time. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you.